Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So this is the bit where we test the levels. You don't, oh, you don't have to say this is the bit where we test the levels. If we just test the levels. All right, let's test the levels. I've got another bit of uh, Gary Delaney's wisdom for you. He says, uh, I think it's sad that the word legend has been devalued from pulling a sword from a stone to unexpectedly returning with crisps. <laughs> I think that's better. That's no good, one needs it? a sword. It's violent, angry, oh, don't could. enjoy it. Crisps. Chris never hurt anyone. Mm. We've recently discovered salt and cracked black pepper. I, no, I've always known about salt and cracked black pepper. I'm not they sure do you those have. mix mix up ones. Yes, they do. But we suddenly decided that was certainly the best flavour: salt and cracked black pepper. It better is good. than Thai. No, it's we, not better than sweet chili. You don't think so? No, no, no. I think Thai sweet chili is. Uh, a, but if I could only eat one flavour crisps for the rest of my life, then it would have to be salt and vinegar. Because really? I think that the most brands of crisps do a good salt and vinegar do you know what i mean like some brands they don't do first of all they don't do a salt and cracked black pepper i'm just limiting my choices too much and then like a sweet chili some people's sweet chili is rubbish whereas everyone's salt and vinegar is of a standard like walker's crisps i'm not a massive walker's crisp fan like the actual crisp but even the salt and vinegar ones are good Mm. ruth are you ready for legally blonde three born ready baby no, yeah, I actually am. The, yeah. I really love Legally Blonde a lot. Well, it's all all back. Uh, pink sequin bikinis, apparently. And mm. I, I've never seen Legally Blonde one oh, or two. They're both so good. I mean, Legally Blonde, like the first one, is it's a masterpiece, I would say. Mm. Well, Reese Witherspoon is going to be on it. She's confirmed it on Instagram. They're doing. A, if, yeah, a if Reese Witherspoon wasn't in it, then there'd be mm. no point. She stars as Gemini Vegetarian L. Mm. What can they say in Legally Blonde 3 that they haven't already done in Legally Blonde 1 and 2? Or they just go through the same thing again? No, it would just be like a different story. It would be like more... More. More legal, more blonde? You need to watch it because it's so deep. Well, you say that. First of all, I'm going to go into movies. (laughs) That's another you as well, if I had to an impression. Well, you say that. (laughs) I've got something now for keen listener Stuart Wilson, a little treat. Now, that's especially for Stuart Wilson, who tweeted me and said, Love the podcast, Martin, but one thing annoys me. You always cut the link jingle off too soon, not allowing enough space for the ting to ring out. I've always said your editing is poor. (laughs) There you go. And talking about Legally Blonde 3, I don't think we need Legally Blonde 3. We need it as much as we need... X-Men 44. Yes, I would agree with that. I'm not really into X-Men or any of the superhero films, but let me let me have a say here. I've seen three films in the last week. <laughs> I've seen three films. <laughs> in the last week. And those three are Booksmart, Late Night and Gloria Bell. And have you seen that Late Night? Yes, I have seen that Late Night. I didn't think you had seen that. I've seen that Late Night and I didn't like it. 
And I can't say I, I particularly enjoyed any of the three. The point I'm making is there's been a huge feminization of the films. And I can understand why. I understand why. You know, for many years... Film, who, who? <laughs> for many years, films were, you know, Clint Eastwood roaming around San Francisco with a Magnum 45. I know that. So there needed to be probably a slight correction, more more lead parts for, for women, and certainly for women of a certain age. And by women of a certain age, obviously we mean Meryl Streep and Emma Thompson, end of story. The point is, mm. and, and I suppose to an extent it's not so much the feminisation of the movies, it's the fact that Hollywood gets what I don't, what I don't think feminisation is fair, because, like, I just think feminisation is unfair, because you wouldn't say, like, oh, there's a real masculinization of film. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Absolutely. Like Absolutely. It, shouldn't, so it shouldn't be such like a, oh, there's all these films with strong female leads. It should just be women make up 50% of the population. They're in films. The, the thing about Hollywood is when it's going through a trend, then all then there's a lot of similar fi- or films yeah. that come from a similar place come out at the same time. Yeah, but you could say that about genres as well. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes... There's like loads of crime, loads of thrillers and stuff, and then sometimes there's a real trend for like romance films or rom coms or whatever. I think what's, I think what's happened well. is when all the Weinstein stuff was going down, probably about two or three years ago, Hollywood decided, wow, we need a bit of a correction here, and what happened? Everybody at the same time started. Yeah. Taking uh, my, like, my problem think... is not that there's strong female characters in films. You know, Erin Brockovich. That's happened over the years, and probably not enough. My problem is what they're doing is taking male themes, taking films that in the past would male have... themes. No, taking films that in the past would have been men and just putting women in. No, You've that's got... not true. Booksmart is not like that at all. Well, Booksmart is exactly like a lot of other films. It's no, it's but... similar to it's similar to other films in that it's a we, coming we, we of age about, film. Well, yeah, but. And it's also similar, it's got a, it slightly feels like a sternery type film. It could be any of those John Hughes films, like it, Ferris Bueller's Day it Off. Has, it has like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off Breakfast Club slight feel, but I think that's like more of a nod to it rather than it, a copy of it. And Booksmart is, like I would say, it's very original. I think you just didn't appreciate it. No, well it much. wasn't aimed at me, but Booksmart, I don't see it as original. And there's, there's a sort of, that's another thing, a bit of a trope that's going around at the moment. Support the geek, if you know what I mean. A lot of heroes now... Oh, come on, that's, been, that's been a trend since the beginning of time? Like No, it hasn't. Oh, yeah, Spider-Man? Well, that's not the beginning of time. I mean, it's not the beginning of time, but Spider-Man, the comics, came out, I don't know when they came out, but a long time ago. My point is that uh, Booksmart is not original in any way whatsoever. I think it is. Oh, come on, you can't say it's not original in any way whatsoever. Not every film has to be a completely new story. If you're taking an existing story, but you're giving it a new twist, that doesn't make it unoriginal. No, it doesn't. I don't understand your point about the women thing either. Well, the women thing is that Late Night with Emma Thompson was just just, sort of... But that's just not a good film. Like that, I have not seen it, but if you're saying you didn't like it, it was bad and whatever. Well, I can't believe... Critics have said that. I'll tell you what, it got four stars in every single review that I read. So maybe you've just not got great taste. No, maybe no, the but reviewers, you might not like maybe it. the reviewers don't dare take down a movie that's that's not uh, that's true. About, that's about a strong woman. Do maybe that. it's like the Women's World Cup. Nobody dare say uh, a thing about it. No, they haven't. Nobody dare. Chris, USA won thirteen nil last night, and if in a World Cup teams are winning thirteen nil, it's clear that it's not football of the highest quality. That people are playing in the Women's World Cup who aren't that great, but nobody dare 
dare say that. That's a different thing. That's because people are nervous to say it because they're worried that it that might get taken off the TV. Yeah, no, people would say it was sexist. And also the, the Emma Thompson film, Late Night, had this Asian character, writer, wanting to break into this all-male... But she, yeah. ...all-male writing team. And that, to me, was old-fashioned. I don't think you have these... I, I don't think that, that writing teams on these... I don't know for sure, but I would say... I bet they, te- I bet they yeah, are. What about In Tina Fey and Amy Schumer and all the... Yeah, because, know, but those, those are like exceptions to a rule, I think. Well, because yes, women, but, but women in comedy is still comedy is still. You've heard female comedians talk about it a lot. The fact that we even call them female comedians, I think, speaks it all. But you've heard comedians talk about how comedy is like an all boys club. Yes, but it isn't anymore. That's the whole point. They're but way no, you've heard the women, women talk about it recently. But also, the just because a film's got a strong female lead doesn't mean it's like, oh, it's a film with a strong female character. I just don't understand what you're even talking about. I don't think there's an unfair treatment of like films with female leads in. One thing I did notice in Booksmart was uh, when the two girls were having a conversation, she said to her, what does that even mean? And uh, this even, putting even into sentences, is one of these new uh, middle, what they call middle things. So it's like for a while, everybody was, I was literally, everybody would say literally all the time. What, what, um, what's middle? Mid-alt is somebody who's not quite an adult. Uh, oh my God, as if we need another word. <laughs> Younger people, as in, who even am I? Who even are you? What even is this? Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Well, it's just one of the, one of the new things. Like, uh, I've, not, you, I've probably not noticed it, but yeah, now you say it, I guess. Yeah, are you even you Are you that. even in an airport if you don't eat everything you can get your hands on? Because airport calories don't count. Yeah, no, I see that even, but I didn't realise that was a a thing that only young people did mm. i thought that was just a well i think these things sort of word. catch on they start off with younger people and then uh, older people who want to appear i don't think is it I've, even a thing well no i think it is but i just didn't think it was well i didn't think it was such an important thing that someone would write about it well i think they're just right because it, it, it's something they've noticed hmm. and it's quite but it is interesting to notice isn't yeah. it the way speech patterns change yeah saying something's a thing wasn't even a thing about five years ago yeah true and back in the day no, nobody said back in the day saying what do you even mean for longer than no i think it's a new thing really mm, i think it is a new interesting thing. yeah don't you find stuff like that really patronizing well, I thought it was quite interesting pointing out the difference in uh, speech patterns because uh, that does no, happen. Like all that of a sudden, everybody's saying, is, is that even a thing? Well, yeah, but you can say, see it on, like, um, on Love Island when they're all saying, like, oh, it is what it is and whatever. It is but, what it is, yes, but, um, that's the big thing, that, isn't it? That, uh, Love Island. Love Bo- Island. Boring this year, but bit, uh, bit silly. I don't think so. Like, I mean, it is, it is similar to last year and the year before. That's, that's the show. Um I don't think it's. I don't think it's that boring. I think that like, it's not. Um, Apparently, the only there's no like real good. There's usually a boy who's a bit of a player, a bit of a love rat. There's no one really like that, which is a bit annoying because you like to see you know someone cheat on someone and it all kicks off and whatever. But um, I don't think it's especially bo- boring compared to last year. 
Well, there's been a lot of uh, criticism, people saying that it's like a little bit safe. And also, yeah, I, I would agree. No, with I that. mean, last year there were talk, you know, one of the girls was talking, was it Brexit she was on about? Oh, yeah, but that's not like. Although this year, apparently, somebody. They, they, did, have, they do talk about stuff that's funny, like Brexit, like that. Yeah. Somebody did. didn't know where Cardiff was. Oh, I don't remember that. No, well, uh, my friend Ali Ross was telling me that, and he has to watch it because he writes about it for the Oh, yeah, the has sun. to watch it. I hear a lot of people say they have to watch it. Oh, no, he, he's the TV it. critic of The Sun, so yeah, yeah, he, he, he has really to does watch have it. to watch it. Yeah, I bet he's really sad about that. Yes, he was. He was a bit annoyed about the fact that uh, it was all a bit bland this year, and I read a it piece It is a little bit bland, but I think that's also because well. people are forgetting it. It's like the first week. Like It gets more exciting towards like week three or something because people are already... They think they're in their couples and then they bring someone else in and whatever. Mm. Well, Joe and uh, Tommy are in rivalry for Lucy, oh, is that right? well over. Tommy picked Lucy in the recoupling, even though Lucy and Joe had like a really good connection. But then in the next recoupling, Lucy chose Joe again and then Tommy, like she just had to choose between them and she chose Tommy over Joe and it was fine. And Tommy is the brother of Tyson Fury, the boxer. Has that uh, featured in the uh, in the narrative at all? Uh, he's talked about boxing before because he's a boxer as well, but yes. not he's not really mentioned his brother that much. Like no. it, apart from when he first came in. Yes, it says here. Um, he's really quite thick there. Quite thick. Yes, yeah. it says here they have talks about the talks all the while, and uh, all the while he's doing his thoughtful face, uh, <laughs> Tommy. This is, uh, which is a bit like the face you do when you've lost your keys. Is that fair comment on Tommy? Yeah. He just he, He's just not the sharpest tool in the box, you can just tell. Yeah. Something else we always watch is uh, Gogglebox, and I tweeted about I like Gogglebox. celebrity Gogglebox, as in, what's the point? Why? Yeah, have, yeah. So, you know, who's but the whole point of the show is that it's not celebrities. Yeah, precisely. And then you've got celebrities on. Stanley Johnson is going to be on it. Uh, he'll be reunited. This is the press release from ITV. He's uh, sorry from Channel Four. Uh, he'll be reuniting with his uh, "I'm a Celeb" best friend on Celebrity Gogglebox. Stanley and George Toff Toffolo won the Hearts of the Nation. According I think to Georgia. The is it Georgia? They call it George here. Oh, uh, really? There'll be Little Mix on and Kelly Osbourne. And, yeah, it's I mean, fine. Like, I think they're quite good guests if you're going to get anyone to do it, but it's just silly. Like, you don't need to. But I guess if it's raising money for charity as well. Well, here's some good news for you, Ruth, uh, because we were talking about so many old people, and you remember your the cut-off point, what was it going to be? Uh, 80. 80, yeah. Uh, at 80 years old, that's it, goodbye. Well, there's now a new thing. It's not quite your Silent Green uh, solution, but when... when you... It was hypothetical. I wasn't actually going to do it. But this is not so much Hypothetically your... for now. Hmm. This is not so much your uh, Silent Green uh, solution. What's Silent Green? Silent Green was a film in the 70s where um, old people were taken to a very, very nice home where they could listen to their favourite music, they'd give headphones into their favourite music, very, very comfortable. But then uh, they were euthanised. You know, when you got to a That's how I do it! Mm. Uh, (laughs) That's what I mean. Then they were euthanised. And after they were euthanized, it became their bodies became a source of protein. So oh no no no, I would not do that. Yeah. <laughs> I would not do that. So and, that, and that's what Sonic Green was. Sonic Green was the protein, the food stuff made out of the dead people. 
Although, we're running out of food. Well, this solved all those problems. We're not only running out of food, we're running out of space to bury people, you know, because... Oh, uh, so yeah, many... yeah, I'm totally getting cremated. Yeah. Although, I've seen a thing where you can get cremated and turned into a tree. Well, this and is similar to that. And that's what I think I would like to mm. do. Because well, then oxygen as well. Mm. Well, Washington State is uh, as the first state in the United States to allow human remains to be turned into soil above ground. Uh, it's known as human composting. Uh, also, so we're, we're turned into compost. Uh, also, I say we because I'm closer to it than you are. Also known as recomposition. It's more in- environmentally friendly than traditional burials and cremation. And it could uh, affect America's huge $20 billion funeral industry because they're crazy about funerals there. Uh, there's a whole book, Evelyn War, at a book called The Loved One, which is all about the American funeral business. Very good. Uh, Katrina Spade, who's developed the method, is opening the first venue offering, quotes, natural organic reduction. And this is going to open in Seattle. Of course, Seattle is the home of Frasier. Just by the by. Uh, <laughs> it's also the home of Grey's Anatomy. And also the home of uh, Starbucks. Really? Yeah. So Seattle's like the trendy place in, mm. the, in the States. Portland, Oregon is... Mm. The well, trendy place now. Is it very sporty Portland, Oregon? I think Portland, like, Oregon's very hipster. Yeah, now. a Nike base there, I believe. Anyway, the option might not be for everyone, she says, but it's about having more choices, and it's something that will hopefully benefit the planet. Uh, she's founded her human composting company. It's called Recompose, and uh, it's been tested in a trial. What they do is they remove any artificial hips, limbs, and pacemakers. They're removed. Everything else, including bones. And teeth can be recomposed. Corpses are placed in reusable steel vessels along with a mixture of wood chips, straw, and alfalfa. Alfalfa sprouts. I so, thought alfalfa was an animal. No, al- that's an alpaca. No, no, I know an alpaca, but I thought an alfalfa was um, no, alfalfa sort of a similar, sprouts. slightly smaller alpaca, little sprout- more fluffy. No, little sprouting uh, things. Are like. you sure it's not a slightly smaller, more fluffy version of an alpaca? I'm absolutely 100% positive it's not a small, slightly fluffier version of an alpaca. It's, no, no, it's not this big. <laughs> no, well, it is. Al- alfalfa sprouts. Uh, when I say sprouts, not Brussels sprouts. No, no, uh, I understand. Bean, bean sprouts. I know what sprout is. Yeah, well, they're bean sprouts. They were, so, they were sort of... Uh, yeah, well, it takes 30 days yeah. for a body to de- decompose. You'd be interested to know. And one body can uh, produce a cubic yard of soil. And then That's you can great. grow things in the soil. I'm totally up for this. I'm totally up for that, to be honest. Donate uh, my organs, get rid of all those, then get, get turned into soil. Yeah. Oh, so I've got some Kardashian news oh. for you. So Kylie Jenner had a birthday party. Um, and it was a Handmaid's Tale themed birthday party. Yeah, so they had like Gilead cocktails. They dressed up in like the uh, red gowns with the white um, bonnet thingies. I'm presuming you disapprove of this heartily, given that. Does <laughs> Fully. It not, yes, I thought you would. It kind of. Um, well, it just. Does it corrupt the purity of the Handmaid's yeah, it, Tale? Yeah, it appropriates the thingy. Oh, so it's it. a, a woman called Rhiannon Lucy Costler in the Guardian wrote an article saying Kylie Jenner's party was stupid, but it won't curtail the power of the Handmaid's Tale. And after looking up the word curtail, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a curtail. Curtail? Curtail is the uh, way you pronounce it. Why not curtail? We pronounce it curtail if you want, but it's uh, in the way English is normally spoken, we would pronounce curtail. 
cocktail. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, she had this. She had this party, and it's just like you know when you can't believe that someone's done something. It's just unbelievable. Very popular for dressing up though these days. Well, they, uh, it's popular for protests. Yes, and there's a couple of the women who were on the protesting against Trump yeah. wearing the Handmaid's Tale. But which outfits. which makes sense, like. You don't think I, people are wearing them for fancy dress parties? Well, no, so, so someone did a... They'd, last Halloween, there was, a, like, a sexy Handmaid's Tale costume, and they had to... Everyone complained about it, and they had to remove it from the website or whatever. But, like, dressing up for it for, like, protests against the, like, repealing of Roe v. Wade and stuff is, I think... The repealing of Roe v. Wade? That's the abortion. Um, oh, right. The, Who's the, Roe v. Wade? So either Roe or Wade, I think Wade was the... Woman, oh, who introduced who, it in the first who place? Got, who got it legalized? Um, and then right, so, so the repealing of it yeah. is what they've been doing in um, and people are wearing handmaid's tail costumes too, yeah, for the benefit of people who've not listened to all 59 episodes of this uh, podcast. Just explain to me what, what handmaid's tail is all so about. So, the handmaid's tail is set in a um, few a close near future dystopian world called Gilead in which women are made to um, give up their, like, reproductive rights in the guise of, like, a, um, a Puritan world. They use, like, religion to say that women... Because it's... In this future, like, the birth rates dropped a lot, so they get women to become handmaids, and they have to... Uh, they're raped by the commanders who also have wives, and it's kind of like a pseudo-religious thing. And so, carry on with the Kardashians. So, yeah, so the Kardashians did this, and it's... Yeah, <laughs> the whole theme was handmaid's tale themed i think they called it like iconography of the handmaid's tale or whatever and like does that take away from the actual message of the book or whatever um but obviously atwood is quite outspoken about um saying like she's always been quite outspoken about these kind of things in say you know she would really condemn this Mm. kylie jenner themed birthday party but i don't think she does with the protests i think that's like she's okay with. yeah i think she's fine with that and so basically she's canadian isn't she yeah canadian well they're very nice the canadians so i presume she's sort of holding her counsel on all that Mm. yeah Yeah, but she's just talking about how the handmaid's tales are really like pertinent then how unbelievably the the jenners have managed to completely miss the point and then she ends her article in saying that as for jenna well you could say that the patriarchy got her long ago and just saying that it's the ultimate sign of like a patriarchy still being around that she's done a birthday party rather than actually understanding the like and then but then she also talks about how easy target though isn't she i suppose Kylie Jenner, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's a bit unfair because I don't think she's like that anti-feminist, really. Let's uh, have a short break and then some music. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Start with mine this week, and it's your fault, yours and Howard Rooks' fault, what we're playing. Because we were talking last week how I'm slightly addicted to uh, country rock, (laughs) which uh, is a sort of very specific genre of the uh, 1970s and 80s mostly. There's a little bit of it coming back now. And when I heard this... I thought that's the one I've got to go for because uh, I do love that slide guitar. You and do. I, did, I did mention last week New Riders of the Purple Sage. Now, New Riders of the Purple Sage were in the very first incarnation of country rock. And then later on, 10 years later, you've got the Eagles and, uh, and groups like that. Uh, so we've got New Riders of the Purple Sage, which I mentioned last week, 1969, 1970, uh, that era. And it's Lonesome LA Cowboy we're going to play. And uh, if you listen to it, it could almost be dedicated to the uh, Conservative leadership debate. I've been smoking dope, snorting coke, trying to write a song, forgetting everything I know till the next line comes along. Forgetting everything I know till the next line comes along. There we are, New Riders of the Purple Sage and Lonesome L.A. Cowboy. Did you hate it that much you have to take No, I could off? hear it fully outside of my he- headphones. I've not got the... 60 years of ear damage that you have? Yeah, I, I do oh, have to Probably not, I'm 30 years or whatever, but... You're probably right. Uh, you, I they, do have I to could, Like, they are... You're trying to <laughs> deafen <laughs> me? People may be familiar with The Grateful Dead uh, and several members of The Grateful Dead, uh, including Jerry Garcia, very, very famous, uh, were in New Rounds of the Purple Sage, changed the lineup lots of times, uh, and then very much in the first wave of country rock and bands like The Eagles came about 10 years later. Very cool. So, what are you going to play? So, my song is a song called Honey by Dana Williams. pronouncing it the American way, Dana Williams. Is she American? Yeah. Ah, well, that so I, I've decided to enough. just pronounce her name the way she would pronounce it. Okay, Dana Williams, tell me all about um, her. So she was born in Los Angeles and then she went to the Sarah Lawrence University College mm. in America. Yeah. Don't know. Oh, that's quite a famous one. It's famous for, I think quite a lot of famous people went there or whatever. Um, and then she's so in New York and then she was, she studied creative writing and poetry, but then she moved into like songwriting and whatever. So she's, you can clearly like hear that from her music is quite like poetic and whatever. And then... The voice in, sounds very much like Amy Winehouse, that sort of thing. I think she's... Got, uh, yeah, I guess so. I wouldn't have said like Amy Winehouse, really. In the summer of 2014, she was on a like a X Factor equivalent called Rising Star. That's when she kind of became famous. Uh, we've talked about life before the uh, internet a few times. Uh, what we're talking about 
is you know the fact that before the internet and before mobile phones and everything all that sort of stuff those chats that we've had uh, about people used to turn up on time etc mm-hmm. uh, etc et uh, but there's an interesting thing in the new new yorker called uh, before the internet which took a, a slightly different view of this and it says before the internet you would just sit in an armchair with a book open on your lap staring into space or staring at a decorative broom on the wall <laughs> uh, and the point about that is that there was a because you weren't totally connected all the time you got the chance just to be bored uh, and she also says you'd be in this is a, a new york piece so uh, obviously some of the references are american but she says you'd be in some kind of art center looking at a tray of precious gems and you'd say that's cat's eye and your friend would say nope that's opal and you say that's no, definitely cat's eye and there would be no way to look it up no way to prove who was right except if someone had a little booklet Anyone got a little booklet, you'd ask, looking round. Is there a booklet on this shit? Then you'd walk outside and squint at the sky. Just you in your body, not tethered to any network. Adrift by yourself in a world of strangers in the sunlight. Quite apart... I mean, there's there's that advantage. You're looking sceptical, but there's... That thing of, like, squinting up at the sky. Like, you're just romanticising a world that didn't really exist. Like... I don't think people were. No, you maybe wouldn't. I do. Up I do the think sky, there's. There I do think there's a. Do, no, there'd be a. Time no, there's there's good things about it as well. There is, of course, and like I do think people were more present and people were probably less like cruel as well because you know people hide behind screens and whatever and also you were better in relationships because you didn't have you know something else to do and it's probably it's nice to have an argument and not be like oh we'll just Google it. Like and also you can only I heard someone talking about how you can only ever search on the internet for what you already what you already know like what you're already looking for. Do you know what I mean? You have to know what you want to type in to look for it. But if you look through a like grandma still sometimes looks through um what's it called like an encyclopedia. <laughs> yes, it's like Wikipedia except on paper. Well, yeah, no, but if you're looking through like an encyclopedia, you find out things that you weren't looking for, or if you go to a library to find out oh, I wonder, I want to, you know, learn about film or whatever, then a library tells you things that you're not already searching for, Mm. which I think is a really nice part of that. But the idea that people don't appreciate things that don't happen online or that you feel constantly connected is just, I just don't think it's true. Like, I don't think it's as black and white as that. Do you want to hear some more about before the internet or have you had enough no go ahead okay she says before- no I, th- I think it's interesting and i think it's really well written clearly like those these new york articles yes. always are really good but i'm just a little bit tired of these like oh how wonderful would it have been when, when we could have run along the beach like well before the internet you could move to a new state and no one at school would know anything about you you'd have no online history you could be anyone you would lean against the lockers with a faraway expression on your face and let people assume whatever they wanted, like that you were a girly girl but could also be a tomboy. And if anyone wanted to track down an old friend of yours and write her an actual letter to find out if this was true, well, best of luck to them. Before the internet... But it's like, that's like a, um, you know, the like manic pixie dream girl trope? No, I don't know the manic pixie dream girl trope, and I really want to know the manic pixie girl. Are you being sarcastic? No, I want to know what. what so, is the... have you seen like Five Hundred Days of Summer? No, I can't believe you've never heard of this. It's like quite a well-known thing. The manic pixie manic ma- manic pixie dream girls. So, um, it's when I mean, you can do it to boys as well, but it originally started off as a trope in cinema. I think. I think it's film, or maybe it was in books as well. It probably is. 
romanticizing a woman usually and you imagine everything in your head how she is and just project it onto her and you fall in love with her but you really you don't know the person at all it's just just what you've decided in your head i think lolita is like a really early example of it the guy who coined it said that the manic pixie dream girl exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer directors to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures but basically it's kind of been more broadly used now as like a you know imagining oh you've seen garden state haven't you yes i have natalie portman's character in that total manic pixie dream girl I love it, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. So she's, it's like um, an unbelievable movie character that could never truly exist. But then, obviously, when you see things in films, you start to project them onto real life. And that's, you know, when people fall in love with people and they just like. It's, 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 yes, it's all it's in your head. Fantasy, and you yeah. can do it. Yeah, it definitely happens to um, boys. Oh, here we, here we have a good one for you. Catherine Hepburn's character, mm-hmm. old. Um, in Bringing Up Baby in yeah. 1938 is one of the early examples of the archetype. Marilyn Monroe's character in Some Like It Hot, Audrey Hepburn's character in Roman Holiday. And then counterexamples, Annie Hall is often called a manic dream, dream, pixie dream girl, but is arguably not one because she has her own goals independent of the male lead. But anyway, this manic pixie dream girl thing, this like complete romanticisation of something that doesn't truly exist, is kind of, I think, what people do to a pre-internet world enough with the uh, manic pixie dream girls let's go on to the conservative leadership uh, debate oh yeah please and, and i wondered if there was any of the candidates that appealed to you jeremy hunt i literally couldn't tell you who they all are well, let's talk about Jeremy Hunt, who's second favourite. Boris Johnson is a hot favourite. Really? Favorite. Still? Well, at the time of recording, yes. We don't know what will happen. He's not really launched his so campaign exciting. yet. Well, it is exciting. Uh, Jeremy Hunt is trying to get the support of uh, younger people or to get the support there won't be many younger people who get to vote in this because it's it's the Tory yeah, it's party only, members yeah, Tory yeah. members who will be voting but said, did you see that by on question time though no that one he was like I tried to do his voice so um, I will be voting for Boris Johnson it was you know he was so it's posh boy but I mean posh, there will be a few boy, young yeah, yeah. members but then and won't he was be like, that many. I am a member but I um, won't be voting because I am passionate about leaving on the um, 31st of October uh, and so I will be voting for Boris Johnson and then the whole room went ooh <laughs> it was very funny I never saw that I was um, surprised it was all over Twitter Oh, was it? Was mm. it a Twitter thing? Well, I don't look at Twitter yeah. as often as uh, I'm accused of. So, oh, uh, yeah. Jeremy Hunt. Jeremy Hunt is trying to say that he will was be... Was he health secretary? He was. Uh, and what he's saying is that he has a plan to help younger people, because obviously that's a big debate at the moment between young people and uh, older people and whether policies don't support younger people. If only people. someone could do it's a podcast a... that would... Um... <laughs> Yeah, demonstrate well, the gap. Well, he says that he's got he he's pledging that he's going to cut the interest rate on student loans, uh, and he's trying to appeal to the next generation of voters. Uh, he's going to change the formula through which many graduates pay interest rates. So basically, you with your student loan that you're getting, you could be paying uh, up to 6% uh, interest rate and he's now trying to uh, cut it to 3.1%. Uh, he's also Yay. plans to kickstart a housing revolution with the promise to deliver an extra 1.5 million uh, homes over the so next 10 gonna years. So he's going to build them? 
Well, not personally, but I presume he's going to to invest in them. Fewer than one in five millennials uh, currently support the Conservative Party, and nearly half of Tory voters are over 65, according to the latest research. See, this is the thing, like, what's him... If he wants those votes... Well, I think he's trying to... There there will be some people... I still wouldn't vote for the Tories. Who would you vote for? Oh, the Greens. The Greens, yeah. You wouldn't vote Labour? The Greens, not with Jeremy Corbyn, no. It's a shame, really, because if you can't support Labour when you're 18 years old, mm. when can you? you know, 18 and not, like, northern. You 18 should... and from the north. And, what? Do, uh, who would you vote for in this Conservative thing? Um, I would vote J- Jeremy Hunt, uh, but mainly because I backed him uh, 14 to 1. How much so do you win if, you, if he wins? If he gets in, I only have a fiver on him, so it's about 70 quid. That's so much money. <laughs> I need to get into betting. No, you don't. Don't you? Definitely don't need to get into betting. Um, The fact that I occasionally have a bet, just think of that as if I was smoking. It wouldn't influence you to start smoking, would it? So maybe I don't know. Do you have a meme of the week? Yes. Didn't realise the time. Good night to everyone except Nate from the Devil's Wears Prada because he thought his birthday was more important than Andy's career. And if you've seen The Devil Wears Prada, you'll agree wholeheartedly. I don't... I've not seen The Devil Wears Prada. Another great know. film you've missed out. Have you seen Miss Congeniality? Yeah, I think I have. I think I've seen that's that one of the, it's, it's another one of those films where you're like, oh, God, this will be crap, but it's actually great. You know, like Legally Blonde. Oh, I've not seen Legally Blonde. Ridiculous. Anyway, in The Devil Wears Prada, the, she, her boyfriend gets really upset with her because she's like goes to this work event when it's his birthday. But then you re-watch it and you're like, wow. What an arse. <laughs> it's okay, though, because she I don't think... I think she breaks up with him. Now, if you want to uh, add to our um, bulging post bag, uh, you can get in touch with us on... Maybe the... that's the thing. Maybe as everyone's been sending us, like, hard letters. What would you call it? Paper? Yes, paper. <laughs> uh, quite possible. We do get mail at uh, Talk Radio. <laughs> the, the only thing about that is that we've just moved buildings... And I've absolutely no idea. Oh, no. They're all sending posts to the wrong place. Well, no, I think the post will be going to the new building, uh, but I don't know where it's kept in the new building. So I wouldn't no, worry too much. No, I'm, no, there might be the one. But if we have missed out on uh, your mail, uh, apologies for that. If you do, email's the best way to get in touch. And that's uh, martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, tweet me if it's one of those days where I'm having a look at Twitter. Uh, mm. you know, one day in uh, three or four, I'll look at Twitter. Yeah, so yeah. That's at, at Martin Kellner. And what about the tunes? Yeah, if you want to listen to the songs from this week in full and all the other ones, you can go over to the Spotify playlist, um, which you can find if you type in Martin and Ruth or Ruthie, me and my dad. And hopefully we'll be able to do another one next week. I think your exams... Uh, yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, but you are going on holiday for a couple of weeks in July. Yeah, 3rd yeah. to the 18th. Right. So mark your date. But the 3rd... But, uh, but we're going on the 2nd. Right. Yes. Yeah, so this is not interesting for you. Well, it is interesting for listeners who really... This is my first, like, big holiday with friends. Yeah. But for listeners who really like it, they might want to listen to one of the old ones. If um, well, we could maybe do one on the Monday or something. Mm, then. We could possibly, we might do that. But anyway, do keep in touch with us um, by whatever means. Uh, and if you want to hear the tunes, as Ruth says, you can go to Spotify. Mm-hmm.